Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the I'll Try That Podcast. I am so excited to be sat here chatting to you guys today. We have got uh, Richard Waldrop, who's the marketing manager at Vault City. And I mean, do I even need to give an introduction to Vault City? We have talked time and time again about Vault City on this podcast and uh, and we've had some phenomenal brews been sent our way by the Vault City crew. So yeah, first and foremost, hi Rich, how's it going? Hello, thanks so much for having me. Excited to talk about Iron Brew. So excited to talk about Iron Brew. So this is your take on, I mean, talk us about the premise of Iron Brew, because the name Iron Brew and Scotland just go synonymous. It goes straight to my head. So talk to me about Iron Brew and where that kind of, you know, all came from. Sure. Um, so I'd love to say that we were the first brewery to ever do it, but there is actually a brewery right. in London that beat us to it, which is, uh, yeah, I don't, it shouldn't have started with that, but um, <laughs> yes, there, <laughs> there is there is another brewery that talks about the original Lion Brew Sour uh, a lot of the time. Um, but we basically looked to have uh, a mixed firm version, and we originally called that Girders, and the team at Full City put that together. Well, it must have been 2019, the original came out. And honestly, like, it, it wasn't that popular, <laughs> considering <laughs> where we look at like, what we do now every January, like, it's a strategic release for us. It's something that's inherently Scottish. Uh-huh. It ties in really nicely with Burns Night, which you know is, is actually quite popular down south as well. Yeah, and just as a, a seasonal release, it, it is it's very helpful to pull us through what would otherwise be a pretty difficult month for people trying to sell beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think you need that pull nowadays. And and what what more of a pull could you take of taking like something so quintessentially Scottish and a Scottish brewery to do that thing? I think. If I'm honest, I think maybe someone had done it sooner, but you guys have like owned that space, you know. Now you, no one else can really do this iron brew like you guys do. You know, as you said, it comes out I every think, year. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something really particular about the flavor profile and the way it mixes with our base beer. I think there's there's a, that tart, tropical, bubblegum, orangey flavor combo that is so contentious in Scotland. That, that yeah, I think the the production team at Falls City have nailed that. Now it's it's. Uh, it's very difficult for anyone else to do it. I think. Not as I was going to say, I was I was incredibly dubious at first. I I, I will hold I would hold my hands up because I've, I've only ever had Iron Brew occasionally. It's never been something that I would actively go. I'm much more a Dr Pepper fan. Is kind of through through when I when I when I when I, when I, when I do go for my for my fizzy drink sort of thing. So I was I, I was a bit dubious when we got them through, especially when you've done like the three the, the three different kind of versions of them. <laughs> sort of thing but i was i was pleasantly surprised at how much i enjoyed so i say i saved the three cans for this interview but then me, me and my girlfriend both tried the other three over like a few nights and we were just we were just blown away it just how god it does taste like iron brew but it's yeah it's kind of like yeah but slight slightly different but there but there at the same time which is just i was also fantastic. amazed as well how within the same like you know how again this kind of talking about specifically on these three you've got three distinct flavors of an iron brew out of these three of an iron brew the fiery iron brew and the iron brew float right so they're quite distinct flavors within those three then if you look at a more macro level the vault city you guys only do incredible modern sour beers like that the fact that you have such an amazing portfolio where every single vault city beer out as well as these are just baggers like i just you guys just keep doing it i don't know how you can be in one specific lane and just get so many great beers out of it it's brilliant do you know i think we're quite lucky because we started the you know a a dedicated sour beer brewery that's quite a laughable concept back in 2018 
Do you know what I mean? People are joking about how much heartburn we're going to induce. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and ultimately, like that could easily have been the case. But I, I think that taking what would normally be, you know, the end of someone's craft beer journey and flipping that on its head and making an accessible modern version of that, it probably has changed the industry in a sense because there's a lot more people making accessible fruit forward sour beer now. Yeah, and it's it's helped us really, I guess, nail down consistency because we only do sours and the occasional imperial stout but for the most part I'd say 95% of what our production team make is, is sour beer so it's very easy for us to to really hone in on you know flavours and I guess releases and, and getting that consistency because that's that's all we do I think you made a really interesting point there about like other people trying to play catch up almost to like where the space that you've like become so dominant in and known for let's say and I think I sort of like colloquially we the three of us go to the craft london craft beer festival every year and i can see for the last two years the first year we went you guys were one of the only people really doing a, a sour beer kind of like space whereas this year everyone had a sour beer on show and display at the festival and i think that's just to your point like it's, it's become a real talking point because of the versatility as like sour beer that what it can offer is like a platform almost like you can do so yeah. many different things with it and, and and it's created a huge opportunity for like brewers to do something really innovative in this space like the fact that you can get like sat like floats like ice cream kind of notes from it as well as getting like a fiery just in this range of fiery like iron you know brew version of it it's really fascinating i guess my question i guess goes to is like what's next for you guys where are you going with this all like is it is it still like you know just continual craft and new before we jumped on you were talking or teasing a bit of a collab i wonder if you can tease that to the listeners you know before absolutely yeah um we're having a bit of a nod to vocations cures of death sure. uh, that's all i'll say for now but it's uh yeah we're riffing on that <laughs> which is already a fantastic summer to be fair um but yeah we're, we're gonna have a bolt city twist on it so i'm very excited for that that'll be about six weeks from now oh excellent big 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 fan of vocation as well they are. Yeah, they're a fantastic brewery. I think um, yeah. they've really played in that kind of, I guess that kind of massive IPA session space. It's 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 difficult, I think, to get into that arena that they're in now, especially the volume that they do. They're probably doing about, they must be doing about 70,000 heck a year. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's absolutely, that's crazy. Yeah. We're, we're doing about, we're probably doing about 1.4 million liters ourselves which is like yeah so they're like six times bigger than we are so but then not not everybody wants us our beer whereas like <laughs> a lot of people want ipa so it's uh it's always going to be a little different for us you've nailed the um the, the tease there as well with uh it's a little bit about what's coming but actually we're still a little bit in the dark and i think everyone's now going okay you never tell me more sort of thing um i've um, always a difficult question and i realize it's a little bit like uh asking like a parent which of their children is the one they love the most but of the three that we've got have, have you got a particular soft spot for anything in particular out of Iron Brew, the float, and the fiery oh, ginger. Oh, it's fiery ginger all day for me, all day long. Um, <laughs> we we do some spiced sours, um, and yeah. there's a couple of them, particularly pineapple habanero. I think was the last one, and they, they just, I just think that they're fantastic. And they're not ever going to be, you know, a huge seller, but the people that like yeah. them really like them. And for me, this was like a kind of middle ground yeah. because it's it's root ginger that we've used, so you get like a little bit of a bite. In the back of the throat, mm. 
after each sip it was almost like an after uh, kind of a, an afterthought but it's it's there and it's it's delicate enough that people will both still enjoy it even if they're not you know we called it you know fiery ginger but there's a note on the back that says it's a kind of a delicate spice among a not so subtle a subtle spice among a not so subtle uh, scottish flavor and that's kind of a nice middle ground that's i think the, the, that's the one i'm saving because i like really like ginger as an, as an ingredient and i'm tasting the others and i haven't moved on to it yet but it's the one that i i oh. am yet to taste and was going to move on to later on that i'm particularly savoring savoring almost as much as i i think i could see drabbers licking his lips at the uh the the, the pineapple and habanero <laughs> as uh well he, he he has a bit of a soft spot for spice well i mean yeah i'm a big spice fan as or joe joe tried i try i tried some homebrew and made my own spicy beer which which just involved tabasco uh, which it, was, it was <laughs> which I don't, yeah, which I don't think was enjoyed by many people. So, because <laughs> only three of us that yeah, had it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it was correct. Not many people um, enjoyed I was it. Say, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> nobody. But I was going to say, so have you guys got any plans to? Which is is there? Is there? Would you say? I've asked a lot, a lot of the brewers we've had on before. Is there a market for a spicier beer? Do you think? Because this is I. I'm currently drinking the fiery ginger and I, I think it's absolutely fantastic it's definitely my favorite out of the three i think so but do, do you reckon there is a market for something spicier it's just intrigued more than anything <laughs> i think so i definitely yeah. think so um there's a few breweries i think that have, that have really pushed the boat out for sort of almost like savory sours in a way it's harder for us i think at the volume that we do now to make something that's like really experimental so we, we typically have like 75 heck or 150 heck batches that we do and yeah. i guess when we do new product development you need to be able to stand confidently and say that we'll sell Seeking. fifteen thousand liters of this um, yeah so like when it comes to like a a sort of spicy sour i i love it and i think we will definitely definitely do them again in the future but i think it'll be it'll be something that's balanced so i mentioned like pineapple habanero was the one that we did before yeah i don't think we could ever do anything that's like an outright you know like spice bomb yeah um, <laughs> but like you know the, the habanero sauce has got a yeah yeah got to work with it in some way yeah i like the yeah. habanero sauce twist on it because it's spicy but it's got that little sweetness that comes through which you'd be looking for wouldn't you which is i like yeah that sounds delicious i have to look out for the pineapple and habanero next time you do you know if it's on all round, year sure. round also but i'd definitely look check try that um i was really drawn in by the packaging design on this uh on these cans and I couldn't help but think, has there been like a bit of AI generated imagery, maybe like inspiration <laughs> on these designs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's funny with, with this? It was a lot more of a, a contentious issue than than I, I thought it was going to be because we we worked with the same designer since 2021. He's done all our, all our labels. We do uh-huh. six new releases a month plus core range releases. So it's a, a lot of design time and you know a lot of like art being created really. Mm-hmm. And Ross who works for a, a kind of freelance collective agency called uh, Creative Beings. Mm-hmm. He came to us with a few design ideas for the Iron Brew Trio. Um, we weren't crazy on them. And then he said, listen, I've been playing about with something. What do you think of this? And we all really liked it. And to be fair, we've had a lot of like positive comments about it as well. But we've also kind of seen it as a bit of a learning curve because a lot of people complained, you know, that they said there's, there's AI elements in this, which there absolutely is. And I guess some people thought that, you know, a brewery that's out, you know, making profits should be putting that back in art, which I totally agree with. Um, and we, an artist was paid for it, but yeah, uh, I think people people raised a couple of points with us about 
AI usage. And to be honest, like we decided after the feedback on that that we wouldn't ever use that again. We we really liked it as a trial, and I actually really like the way it looks. But yeah, some of the feedbacks meant as uh, kind of put us off. Yeah, I can appreciate that as well. It's, a, it's quite a contentious like topic, and, and I think if I'm honest, it's contentious because there's so many different facets to it. Like from a legal perspective, can you actually use it? Where's it come from? You know, but also yeah. from like a people perspective, people just assume that that means that you cut out artists, designers. You know, yeah. whereas actually a lot of what we talk about is actually the the artist designers of the future that will be part of their process is prompting and, and knowing how to prompt to get the right outputs from AI generated tools. You know, and then yeah. that's used as like an yeah. inspiration, and they've that's worked into it to create right. a different you know to move it on perhaps, but. Anyway, I just thought it was fascinating. I think it was really bold of you guys to use it in a good, in a positive way. I maybe I have less of a, you know, kind of a, a stigma against AI generated imagery just because it's it's something we use in the creative industry all the time. Maybe not on final pieces, but it's certainly something that's that informs the design <laughs> process. And I think it's it's become a, you know, even in the last year, it's you can't, it's never, we're never going back. You know, you're never going not going to have AI generative in, imagery as part of the design process just because of what it can offer. But to your, but you know, we sit, you know, hundreds of designers sat above me, and uh, you know, they're not going anywhere. They're just using it in a, in a way that informs <laughs> what they're doing. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, I think that that's maybe the vote of confidence I would give to the the general public who are maybe a, a bit unsure that maybe oh you've used you've used AI and that means you've given you've taken someone's job. It's like no, no, no actually, it's just they still have that job. They're just using the tools that are available to them and then using that <laughs> to create something that you know is more more innovative and visually engaging but specifically and knowingly ai you know generative yeah i, th- I think that's that's nail on the head for me like it's it's uh it was just genuinely so much more of a contentious issue than i'd than i'd, I'd realized so yeah, i think we'll, yeah. we'll take the l and move on <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate it it's not a full l i think it's a you know take that i think it was really good for that one but rich i was i was also intrigued like what's like you, you've kind of teased a bit with your pipeline and, and you've mentioned obviously about the size of the brewery as well. Is there any kind of like, you know, what's the current climate and feel for the brewery at the moment? Like, is you happy where you are with the size? Are there plans of, of expanding perhaps? Are there new market opportunities that you're looking for? Like, I guess what's next for like kind of Bolt City, really? Well, we're very lucky because it's it's a tough climate um, and we're, we're still, you know, we're still managing to, to like make beer and sell beer we've got loads and loads of really great dedicated customers or a real community for the for the beer we make which helps us do some insane shit (laughs) 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 but like ultimately yeah i I recognize like how how lucky we are in that sense we're still an independent brewery so there's a chap called steven that started it in 2018 and basically his brother-in-law between the two of them they they own all things so it's it's great in a sense because we don't need people's approval to you know make decisions whether it's commercial or creative and um, you don't have to run it by a board of directors but it does mean that when you need cash for something you you really need to have capital at your back which we we very often don't um so everything that they've done so far they've they've bootstrapped it they're you know they're not like they went to some crazy private school they're both two regular lads and built something up uh, you know from the ground up so it's it's impressive to have gone to where it is but i think sometimes if you if you step foot into our current office, you would probably see that it's been very bootstrapped. <laughs> um, it looks like the type of place you would wait while your tires are being changed. Uh, it's, it, it's a real working office, but the the, the brewery itself—that's where the, that's where they've invested the money. Um, we've got 
we just had eight new tanks uh, installed over the last year. We've got a new canning line. We got a decanter centrifuge, which I'll, I'll tell you a bit more about in a second. But we've we've basically invested a lot into the production output, um, yeah. and that's helped us basically scale up what we're doing. But we're we're very much at capacity in terms of the the unit that we're in. So the next stage for us is to to look at a, an additional space or a bigger space. Wow, it's exciting. The next door, the next door neighbours to us are are moving on, which. It's sad for anyone yeah. looking for plumbing supplies, but it's it's good news for Vault City fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this. Actually, nice. you guys have um oh, with the sign. You got a, a couple of tap rooms, on, I believe. Is it the um, the Porty Vault? That's the one. Yep. Oh, it's no, it's wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll okay. The Wee Vault and, um, and uh, Haymarket. This one. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that it's sort of also has almost become because. It must be a bit of almost like a tourist attraction at this point as well for beer lovers from afar. You know, it's uh, it's it's like a bit of a hub for the brand. We're probably looking at, especially the one in Portobello, is a bit of a kind of almost like a market and opportunity. So we've just launched tours, <clears> and part of it is uh, doing like your own kind of mixology with the base beer. So you, Ooh, we've yeah. got purees and juices oh. and zests, so that people can basically take what is a mixed firm sour and then fruit it themselves. And it means you can kind of make your own flavor combination. So we're we're doing that as part of the tour, but that'll be in the in the much nicer, much warmer place of Port Vale. As long as they don't rate it on untapped. Interesting. Yeah. Untapped free zone. But I suppose with as I was going to say, but suppose with that you could get some amazing flavor combinations that you could then introduce into the brewery. So it's kind of like yeah. I feel if it's kind of like um, like market research in essence, sort of hundred percent. If if there's something people are regularly doing, you can be like, oh well, yeah, that could work. Absolutely, I think I think if we can expand out what they've got access to for it, I think it could be really really interesting to see what people come up with because it's you know you're talking about like a flight of third pint beers, so it's not the end of the world if you ruin it by trying something a bit wacky. In fact, as you say, you may actually come up with something great. That's brilliant. I, I think. As soon as you guys get that all up and running, and maybe you've got gift certificates ready, I've got a Weymouth-based amateur brewer that could do with some help. You know, with his <laughs> intro to brewing, quite a lot of help. It needs. <laughs> maybe we have to have a on subscription. <laughs> Keep sending them back. <laughs> I, I would, I would honestly, I'll hopefully I'll make you feel better. But um, Stephen, that started Vault City is a is a an amateur, well, now retired home brewer. Love it, and he. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's kind of, I guess, made Vault City what it is by pushing the boat out. Sometimes it works very well, sometimes it doesn't. And, and the best thing about homebrew is that you're probably flushing, you know, a couple of hundred quid down the toilet at, at worst. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I think in a lot of ways he misses that because uh, it gets a little harder to experiment. But it's in essence, it's still the, the, the heart of what we do and what we, what we love. So, yeah, I love it. Keep we, at it. I think you... Yeah, well, that's it. The, the, I think the boys are going to have something exciting to try maybe around middle of the year this year i'm gonna i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep that as a surprise yeah rich you're not the only one who can do a teaser (laughs) (laughs) wayward's foremost amateur brewer is uh yeah he knows his onions as well that's a really interesting the the startup of both because it's it i i wonder and maybe i'm extrapolating too much here that that's where you're kind of like as a brewery the kind of the essence of like wanting to keep innovating keep wanting to try new things keep wanting to create new stuff as well when you just you, you kind of rattled off in a really an amazing stat of like how many new beers you have you know in a monthly basis of the calls or like other and that's just mind-blowing to me because it's like obviously you've got your 
in in the scale of breweries in the world, like you're relatively small in a niche area, and yet you've got outstripped demand for your beers because of the work that you do into those beers as well. That's, uh, I mean, I was very glowing when I came on, and I, I mean it honestly. The work that you guys do with your beers is just sensational. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, I think for us, it's it is about innovation, and there is an opportunity because. It, sour beer and like this style modern sour beer is becoming so much more popular so we're starting to see lots of other breweries dabble and yeah it's prompting us to 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 really kind of push the boat out so i guess one of the things that will always help us stand out is that we make a mixed fermentation sour beer and um, whereas a lot of people will opt for kettle souring because it, it basically offers less risk for infection so if you're a brewery that makes clean beers like waggers and ipas you know it's a disaster if that's sour whereas for us it's like that's just part of it yeah (laughs) so we've we've got culture basically so part of Fox City's base beer is this unique culture that we've basically cultivated uh, since 2018 so they'll basically store it in a lab have some on site as well and that that in essence creates a lot of the tart tropical pear character that's in the base beer uh, and then we'll have a secondary fermentation with like literal tons of fresh fruit and fruit purees, juices, and zest. Yes. So that's that's kind of I guess this this combo is is a bit unique to us in that sense. Whereas a lot of other breweries doing summers will do kettle sours. I th- I think what I'm really enjoying about like Vol City sours and stuff like that is we I, I've tried a lot <laughs> since starting this podcast. My 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 sour experience has doubled, tripled, everything like that and. Some of them are just far too intense for my liking. I tried. I tried one at the beer festival that was like a lime and lemon, and that's inherently sour on top of it. It was just like drinking neat lime cordial at the end of the day, and I was like, "This is horrific." <laughs> so sort I of think, and um, and I think I think it's, it's once again, it's just a compliment to you guys that you 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 well, this what is what is what you specialize in, but you have really nailed it. And what, as I said, I'm not an iron brew. Ah. I was never actively going out to try iron brew stuff, so, but drunk all three since we've been here and they're just they're lovely they're just really we've good we've only been recording 20 minutes yeah, drums. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's been a long day yeah, it's been gross. a really long day yeah. this is but a- that gingeriness i think i mean barbs you're in for a treat when you get onto the fire one because that was my favorite and I, I was glad to hear rich that you like that one as well where as your top brass yeah that was that gingery fieriness i love that kind of warmth that it brings down your th- back of your throat like real ginger beer can do and you've replicated that <laughs> in a beer form which is just it's beautiful I like that Drabbers has been unsure about some sours because I've criticised him for having just like a completely, a complete lack of a discerning taste in any way, shape, or form. And I'm surprised you guys haven't asked me a little bit more about it because I probably represent within within the trio, possibly the old school of a beer drinker. So I see Richard, you may know that Drabbers and I have a constant debate on a really really good. Best bitter. Right. Like, <laughs> well, I think we're, 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 we're not. I think it's best bitter. Yeah, Timothy Taylor's yeah, name. I'm mad yeah, about yeah. because, and he's not up Rich's strength at all. And actually, uh, Rich mentioned a couple of other sours that we tried before, and I think we had one all together that was blueberry or raspberry. And to be honest, I had a sip, but I, I, my face probably yeah. said it all. But I'm as much as I, I think I I put on record previously I wasn't much of a sour drinker, but I'm I'm currently having a little bit of a road to Damascus moment because it might be slightly influenced by the fact I've probably visibly drunk lots of iron brew over the years. <laughs> but 
this is this is on a for me on a whole another level of palatability from from some of the ones that that, that we tried previously. And I don't I know what Rich was saying about the um, the lemon and lime because that sour on top of sour I think is probably a, a difficult one for the non sour drinkers to kind of a, a, adopt. But um, I, I don't know. Was that ever maybe part of the plan to make this could all this is to me looking like a gateway sour for for some people. I mean, was that part of the plan? Yeah, absolutely. When Steve started Volsity. He was working with uh, a chap called Johnny Horn, and it's actually quite funny that you're mentioning, you know, the sourest of sour beers because Johnny uh, and Steve split ways in 2020, and Johnny now runs a brewery called Holy Goat. I don't know if you've ever tried Holy oh, Goat sure. before. Um, no, no. They're like, if you imagine two things that could be, you know, just completely split in the road, um, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. both are are mixed firm sour ales. It's just that when we were looking at Vol City, we were very much looking at an entry level to sours in a lot of ways. Like, sure, we will do some things that are a little more complex in terms of the flavour profile, but Johnny will be doing something that has a you know tank residency time of three months and it will be hand foraged brambles from around the brewery. And it's, it's, it's very much a different, uh, different kind of, uh, different kind of sour, but it is, it's like some of it can be extremely tart. Um, so a lot of people that, that, you know, like Vault City, start there, um, but we'll potentially end up, you know, still they'll be drinking oh like barrel aged saisons and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Lambert. <laughs> it's just an interesting kind of split from from the two the two breweries. And one of the things I thought that was really interesting was that, you know, Brewdog obviously launched a sour beer arm uh-huh. uh, called Overworks, and I, I believe that was looking at creating something that was like, you know. A dedicated sour beer facility because there's a, there is an accessibility to sours even like the the really deeply tart you know sour beers that they're still probably more accessible to people that don't like beer well, um because they don't have yeah. that typically bitter or malty uh, malty taste and um, I think where Overworks got it wrong was that they were just just probably a bit ahead of their time and and they probably went in at the the deep end with like a huge budget yeah. and huge commercial expectations. Yeah. Um, so Holy um, Goat's obviously grown a bit, uh, you know, a fair fair bit in over the last couple of years, but it's still quite a niche product, and it's still like kind of an intimate space. I think there's probably four or five of them that work there. So like, I think Fox City going in at this other end of the angle is probably prompted by that because Overworks obviously shut down shortly after that, and they, they right. transformed it into the the Brewdog Distillery, making um, all their spirits. But yeah, just it's just interesting to see like someone making such a huge commercial bet on it and at the same time you know Stephen and Johnny starting this thing that focused on like really accessible fruit forward flavours yeah. you mentioned a few kind of obviously big names and small names there within the in the Scottish beer space or just beer space in general but what's the kind of like the vibe or the kind of the feeling of, of like other breweries around Scotland as well because there's just so many amazing breweries coming out of Scotland you know the last 10 years and plus but it's like what would you say is your interaction and, the, and feeling and expectations, I suppose, on Scottish brewing as a as a whole? I think we're very lucky in Edinburgh. I think that the, the brewing scene in Edinburgh is very vibrant because they've got such a prominent brewing and distilling course at Harriet Watt University. Um, so I know that we've we've had a, a few graduates involved city f- from that course. Um, but because of that, I think especially just craft having such a, a boom in general over the last ten years. There's lots and lots of people that have started great breweries that are, you know, all kind of pocketed within 
like nice little parts of Edinburgh. So we're in Portobello, which is a kind of beach suburb. That makes it sound very, very glamorous. It's, uh, <laughs> it's still <laughs> Scotland, so it's freezing. Scotland's Sandra <laughs> Bay. How we all that? It's beautiful. It's just it's very cold. But then just sure. a stone's throw from that, you have Leith, and in Leith you have you know new barns for making waves and a kind of almost like a, a very trad style. For a little while, they had Don Zocco based there as well. Uh, you've got camper van, leave a pilot as well. So there's loads and loads of really kind of great craft breweries, and they're all within like five minutes walk of each other. So it's actually a fantastic city to visit for that. But I think in Scotland in general, like I'm probably biased because I'm based in Glasgow. But the uh, overtone for me, pound for pound, are are, are one of the, the kind of best like American style IPA breweries in the in the UK. I think they're fantastic. So. You know, that actually comes into my, my was normally my final question for the end was a bit, which is almost to build a profile on you is your favourite non non vault city beer but oh, you just you just <laughs> mentioned that well you know you can you can widen out the field to the rest of the world if you like uh, I, I don't know uh, we question. had a, a yeah it's a tough question actually yeah uh, um, puts you on the spot big time and also it doesn't have to be one you can throw <laughs> a couple of names out there if, if you like it. And uh, if you can mention Timothy Taylor's, because it will wind the crabbers up, that'd be amazing. I mean, I'm a big fan of big daft smoothie sours. Like it's, it's, it's undeniable. I work for Vault City. It's almost like a pre prerequisite. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Burley Oak. We we were very lucky to do a collab with them, and it was devastating because the guy arrived. He was so friendly. The guy, he's the, the kind of founder and brewer. And as I say, it's devastating yeah, because he he just wanted to brew a sour yeah. IPA. Ah. And I was like, we could do something like the the Dream series, like the just rules everything around me is that they're they're big smoothie sour series and that's what we were doing like a tap takeover event at our bar afterwards and he was like nah i just want to brew a sour ipa (laughs) (laughs) so everybody was going mental they were like why are we doing this like but they're 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 a fantastic brewery i thought it was great i mean i I still love sour ipas as well but they they, commercially they're not yeah an acquired taste in that I would sense. say so I think we've 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 on occasion yeah. called them dry hopped sours because it, it like weirdly feels more palatable to people that don't they drink sour beer and they don't drink IPAs so <laughs> um, yeah uh, but yeah I, I think that was that's definitely one overtone oh, 100% good. I think it's, you'd be hard pushed to find a, a, a bad IPA from them I yeah. have a soft spot for uh, Siren Calypso because it's the first sour beer that I ever drank um, oh, it's yes. a dry hop sour funnily enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah I remember trying that Steve the, the one Vault City we, we were hanging out and this is years and years by now and he, he was he was like you need to try this beer it's unlike anything I've ever, I've ever drank before and yeah and it just that was the first sour beer I've ever tried and I was like this is this is cool I've never right. thought of beer like that because sure. before then if I'm honest I, I spent a lot of my time probably drinking pints of tenants uh, and then then maybe I guess <laughs> Brewdog when it when it you know first really became oh, yeah. prominent and like yeah so that's that's maybe a mix of the few that's a total non-committal answer yeah, apologies that's a great spectrum I love that <laughs> so, yeah. well for, but, for being a fan I mean, pick one that's, that's madness isn't it <laughs> well I love that as well because there's so many there that I'm like I'm taking notes being like I need to go check these guys out and why haven't I seen them and obviously names like Siren is like yeah obviously uh, but I haven't tried their Calypso so that's yeah. uh, amazing that kind of like kind of sneak peek with like, so I'm going to check out as well Travis you got any more anyone else got any more questions before we um on this, I'm just conscious of your, uh, no, your I'm, impending I'm travel good... time, Rich. Hey. But Rich, I just honestly can just say thank you so much for spending the time with us to chat and, and talk with Vault City with us. And uh, the brews are amazing. If you know, if anyone can get their hands on the iron brews, please do. 
controversial or not as it might have seemed to be is the packaging i love it i think it's great but it's yeah. certainly i think <laughs> this them, the sure. beer itself is just another absolute banging series from uh from vault city so uh yeah i mean if you if you haven't tried a sour yet which i'm sure there's a lot of you definitely go pick up your vault cities uh go check that out and if you uh, haven't even heard of vault city get your head out of that rock and go and uh from underneath that rock and go and, <laughs> go and check them out and that's all we have time for this week's episode of the i'll try that podcast and so from me joe rich barber and simo goodbye don't forget to follow us on instagram twitter i'll try that podcast.com and watch us on youtube goodbye now <laughs>